Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Who were preacher fans, the only dudes who could ever teach me were some guys who were preacher fans. Yes, they were, they were. Oh, yes, they were. That's a podcast theme right there. Welcome to Preacher Man, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Fear of the Lord, the spookiest episode of Preacher so far. Very oh. scary. Were you guys terrified of the Lord this episode? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, and if we take this show to be sort of our religion, then we should be terrified because it's coming to an end. We're in the last, oh, we're in like yeah. the book of Revelations. What happens to our Lord once the show is over? That's it. Free reign on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. Something like we about can this. just fu- jump into another show and start worshiping that. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get into a recap for the episode. Let's run down exactly what has been going on because lots of stuff has been going down. Uh, first of all, Jesse Custer, the hero of the show, dead, forever dead. Totally dead, 100%, never coming back, so that's pretty unfortunate. But he is currently trapped in hell, and heaven in hell is trying to make an offer to be the new god. They want him to sit on the throne. They want him to accept his place as the new god of creation, and he keeps rejecting it. He wants to stick with God. He wants to get to God because he has a question for God. Meanwhile, God has a big old plan that he's been working on Jesse for the past, oh, I don't know, his entire life, where he has been manipulating him and his friends, but also he has been slowly manipulating things so that they are building to an apocalypse that is kicked off with a war between Australia and New Zealand, as it was prophesied. And that has all been manipulated as well by the Grail 
an organization based out of Masada that is run by a dude named Hairstar. Now, Hairstar has seen better days, shall we say. Uh, first, he got hit on the head so that his head looks like a penis. Uh, his eye got cut out out of some previous time. We find out a lot more about that this episode. Yeah. Uh, also, his ear got shot off and he replaced it with a bunch of foreskins. Not a great idea. And then last episode, his junk got bit off by a dingo. So bad times for Hairstar. He was picked up out of the desert by a bunch of folks that we didn't get to see. We get to see a bunch more about them as well this episode. Also working at the Grail is Featherstone, who is Hairstar's number two. She loves Hairstar, and she hates Tulip, who is Jesse's on-again, off-again girlfriend. Very off-again, what with him being dead and all. Uh, the so ultimate she, off. Yeah, so she has... Off shown a little bit of interest in Cassidy, who is their vampire friend. They're both super bummed out about Jesse dying, as you might imagine, uh, and they have decided to take revenge on God by picking up Humperdue, who is a inbred descendant of Jesus, who is destined to be the Messiah, the new Messiah. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, you got Jesus, the actual Jesus, who is back negotiating for heaven on the apocalypse. On the other side of the spectrum is Hitler, who is negotiating for hell on the apocalypse. But they've hatched a little bit of a plan together. Hitler wants Jesus to be the Messiah, not Humperdue, even though Humperdue is an amazing dancer. So right. that's the conflict that we're leading into going into this episode, which kicks off with uh, some pretty bad times for Hair Star. Specifically, we get a shot right at the beginning of Hair Star getting a new penis, which is a faucet. Uh, I'm gonna just honestly, faucet I think penis. things are on the uptick for him. Yeah. This is a brand new uh, dick. Oh, yeah. Well, you got uh, you got brand new plumbing, right, Justin? By which I mean <laughs> right. pipes and stuff. Mine's, mine's uh, not a spigot, but more of like one of those uh, spray ends for the hose that you can turn so it has mm. different settings. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Mine's a so slip can... and slide. Oh, that's difficult. Uh, for So what's slipping yes. and sliding, if I might ask? Uh, I don't want to get into it too much. Uh, I do want to mention, though, that this episode of Preacher was probably the grossest episode of Preacher so far, and that's saying much. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but even with, like, the All-Father exploding, this was was hard to watch, this episode, I felt like. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it felt pretty pretty much par for the course, I feel like. (laughs) Just, like, general heightening of... Uh, spigot dicks, uh, cheek bites, your your regular preacher stuff. They got to yeah, move. They got to go mean, somewhere. You, you had you had ants being funneled up a dude's ass. You Those know? ants I were mean, just doing their lot. business. They were not being. For, they there were just going about their business. Well, Pete, uh, you spent that time as a human ant farm, right? Nope. Hashtag You're a human Pete sexual ant, ant farm. <laughs> you were the the queen yeah, ant. As long as you guys are having fun, I guess that's all that matters. Oh, thanks, Pete. I really appreciate that. That is yeah. fun. Yes. So uh, we get to a flashback of Hairstar. We get to see him as, I guess, a child wearing a ridiculous wig. He wins a singing competition in Germany. Uh, Four times in a row he wins it. What? Four times in a row he wins it. Four yeah. times in a row. That's the greedy. other kids get super mad and they cut out his eye. 
which is uh, how he ended up like that. Uh, And then we cut back to the present where a bunch of inbred hillbillies who live in a cave are helping out Hair Star. Uh, They feed him a soup to get him better. They're very kind. Turns out they're actually feeding him his leg. Now, Again, I don't mean to keep it harping on this. It wasn't soup. It was like a goulash or something, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, Thank Pete you. Pete can always spot a goulash. <laughs> yeah. Pete actually released a cannibal cooking book that you really yeah. should check out. The recipes are very good. <laughs> Thank it you. is. Thank you it's a much. cooking book, and you're going to love it. And the book itself is made of human flesh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, what was it called again? Dumb to waste. Serve Man? Was that it? Mm. Yep, yep. Nice. Thanks for agreeing with everything. I really appreciate, by the way, Pete, your uh, principle, uh, the improv principle you're using on this episode, which is yes. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yep. That's the whole thing. Just that's yes. That's the whole thing. There's no, no second just, part to it. Just yep. yes. <laughs> improv is just the best way to sit with your friends. Now, uh, <laughs> just to get back to it, uh, not to harp on this too much, this is straight out of the comic book. The whole hillbillies, hair star getting yeah. cut up, hair star getting eaten, all this stuff. But there's, uh, there was a palpable difference to me reading into the comic book where it still seemed gross but funny when Garth mm-hmm. Edison and Steve Dillon were doing it versus seeing it on screen where, because Pip Torrens is so enjoyable in the part of hair star, it was very hard and sad to watch for me personally. I don't know how you guys felt. Well, it seems like these last few episodes are purposefully about punishing him. And yeah. it's crazy to me that they've devoted, as we're ticking down the last minutes of the show, so much of the time is literally just watching him be tortured. Uh, pieces of him falling off the, the bone. It's, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, again, thanks for just agreeing, Pete, with no further. Yeah, I just Why feel does... that like uh, I I just feel that like he, I don't feel bad for him because he's he's really evil and really fucked up. So uh, you know, I still think there's a lot of joy in in kind of seeing him torture a little bit like this. But uh, yeah, it's it was pretty gross when he was like, "We are eating me." Well. It is, but I mean, you got Hitler hanging out in the show. So why does why does poor Hair Star have to be punished the most? <laughs> Hitler's just chilling. Yeah, but he's like kind of a nice Hitler, and he's savvy. That's the thing: is Hair Star doesn't know what he's doing most of the time. Interesting. So you're saying? Let me let me just put this in the sort of the context of <laughs> sure. history. Go for uh, it. Hitler's. If Hitler was a little more savvy, you'd be cool with it. It's like if you were to put Hitler and Mr. Bean on the same scale mm-hmm. and uh, Mr. Bean, not Which savvy, I do. not yeah. savvy, he should be punished. Hitler, pretty savvy. Fine. Here's the thing. You can't fault Hitler's efficiency. My God, wow. what just happened? Alex is in a What mood. just you are, happened? You can't fault Mr. Bean's efficiency. <laughs> that guy's 100% clumsy. Oh, <laughs> He'll mess up any situation. He's a goof. Oh, That's true. Uh, Hopefully we'll see what happened to him before the end of the season. Now, over in hell, Fiori is still trying to get Jesse to reconsider the whole sitting on the throne thing. Uh, But it turns out Jesse is actually hanging in a cage covered in ants, as we mentioned earlier. Very upsetting. It's one of several tortures that they throw Jesse's way. Uh, They, I believe, put him in a barrel of rats. They set him on fire. Yeah, Regular stuff. 
what was tough is we have that moment when they're, you know, they're like three months later. I'm like, oh, man, Jesse's been tortured like that for three months straight. That's crazy. Now, what's yeah, the longest you could take, Pete? I'd say two and a half, you know. Seconds? Two and a half what? Months. Months? Oh, really? Really? You'd be willing to spend, like, time to go. spend like a nice winter being tortured? Yeah, I mean, you know, for 30 days you can take, you know, uh, ants or a barrel of rats, sure, sure, no problem. But, like, you know. Again. I got to think, the ants in your again, butt, once, you, once they're in the ants are in your butt, that's fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just yeah. the entrance. Yeah, once they're in there, they're in there. That's what you're saying. Oh. And well, I'm Pete, just saying, again, like, what, you spend what are ants time as a Yeah, Pete, you spend time as a human sexual ant farm. So <laughs> you're aware of how difficult this is and inured to the process, if you will. Uh, yeah, this is great. I love this bit. Um, thank you. Again, thank That's you so much. So uh, positive. So meanwhile, Cassidy and Tulip take Humperdue out to kill him. They're waiting for God. To the moon. To the moon. Uh, they Well, that's right after that. First, uh, Cassidy is gathering pine cones with Humperdue, which is very adorable. Oh, it's so, so adorable. They're it's a, a family. Fa- pine cone family. They're a family. Yeah. Uh, turns out Humperdue is covered in Sivar. And then they do the part where they say, hey, Humperdue, go to the moon. They're doing a rehearsal. They have a refrigerator with the top door off. He gets in there and they're going to blow him up in the fridge, ostensibly in front of God. But the problem is that Cassidy is getting charmed by everything that's going on. Yeah. Everybody kind of gets charmed by Humperdue. Yeah. Are nice. you charmed? Are you guys charmed by Humperdue? I think he's nice. What, he doesn't. He's just being played. He's a pawn in this game, and he's just trying to. He wants to eat some good food. He, he's just an innocent guy who can dance so so well. It's just you know, it's transcendent. He's like Billy Elliot. <laughs> uh, so then we get over to what's going on in the Grail. Jesus and Hitler are talking. Jesus is worried they're doing the wrong thing. Hairstar returns. He has a squeaky leg. We should learn later that he has a metal leg. Uh, and a, a plot move that I really like that happened now is Hairstar has been so beaten down that when Hitler and Jesus are still pretending that they don't know that Humperdue is gone, Hairstar is like, cut the bullshit. We all know what's going on here. Humperdue is gone. Let's just move past that. And as from a structural perspective, I like that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we when the audience is ahead of the moment like that, yeah, let's just get to it. One thing yeah, I want to exactly. say is it's a little weird. Um, Star's leg is like a pretty shitty prosthetic leg. Like, can't they? It's the grail. Don't they have a, they have a Starbucks-style coffee shop in the building? They don't have a and better l- leg? If it's... If it's not all white, you know, they don't care about it. You know what I mean? So that, that leg is, you know, different colors of silver. So it's just it's not going to be pristine. So they don't they don't treat it well. It looked like a Scooby-Doo piece of like armor, like a knight's armor from Scooby-Doo. Hmm. It, yeah, it definitely did. Uh, so Jesus, it turns out their plan, Jesus and Hitler's plan is that since Humperdue is such a great dancer, Jesus is going to do a little break dancing to it's tricky. Uh, that was unbelievable. And it was really funny that like moment where he's spinning on his head and it's just kind of like this, Oh, it was really well. I know like, 
you know, the actor, like, they kind of cut away so they could get, like, a real break dancer in. But I really thought it was very, it was a very hilarious moment, especially with Hairstar looking so miserable. I mean, I'll tell you what, if Jesus breakdanced in real life, I'd be a Christian. Wow. You mean wow. back in the day, or you mean like he That's shows powerful. up and he's like, yo, Alex, pump that beat? I mean, if he, if he was, if he, if they rolled away that rock and he breakdanced out of that cave after three days, super impressive. Yeah. I mean, you got to think he was, how do you think he walked out of the cave? You think he was like, what up? Or was he like, I would have think he had some hype behind him. He probably did yeah. the snake. Mm. <laughs> I tell you what, Zalbin, you should go down to Times Square because there's so many breakdancing Jesuses down there. You know, like you might change religions. No, nah, man, there's those Elmos that keep trying to steal my children. I'm not going down there. Uh, smart. Yeah. Give uh, one of your kids to the Elmos. Why are you so greedy? <laughs> Let him have Listen, an Elmo man, life. I had three kids. I had three kids. I've already given my tithe to the Elmos. Oh, wow. Elmos are greedy. They want more. They <laughs> do. They do. It's like that comic Witches. Uh, all right. So uh, Humperdue, it turns out, has wandered off. He's playing with two deer. Uh, there's Aww. a very funny exchange where they're like, uh, where Cassidy, and it's kind of happening in the background, but Cassidy is like, uh, oh, that's so sweet. You're with two deer. And uh, Humperdue says, dog. And yeah. then as they're <laughs> walking off, he, Cassidy says, oh, we're going to have to check you for ticks now. Yeah. I don't know. It was so maybe, funny because he was like, oh, that was biblical. It was so beautiful. Uh, but you know what? We got to check you for ticks now because you were hanging out with wild animals. I, I, uh, I haven't done any reading about this, so I have no knowledge whatsoever. But I wonder how much of Cassidy's dialogue is just Joseph Gilgan improvising. Yeah. Like, I'm sure some mm. of it is written down, but it feels like there's a lot that they must play with on set with him. Well, I got to think, he, the ticks weren't much of a thing back, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago when this was written. So I think that tick line is fresh. Mm. <laughs> ticks, are, also, ticks are a big deal. I also just... Even if it's if it's not improvised uh, and it is already written like that for him, the way he owns it and just makes it seem so too Cassidy is just magical. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut back to Hair Star, who is wandering naked, drunk with his sash, his winning sash on. He tries to hang himself with his sash, but it slips and it rips his nipples off. Oh. Again, awful. He falls down to the floor. He pisses himself. And then God shows up, looks down at him, mocks him. And you see God in the reflection of his urine. Yeah, which yeah. I do every Beautiful. time as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a... You should alert the Inquirer. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah. I mean, should that's take a blurry picture. They pay a lot of money for that. No, That's Hair Star's always... fault for not leaving his urine spigot open when he hung himself. <laughs> Yeah. Do you leave Never leave the clothes? hose on. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's a common problem. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, what actually happens there, though, is Hairstar is crying. He's at his lowest point. And God, after ripping a new one, doing a tight five all about Hairstar, ultimately says, you find me Humperdue, and I will give you your looks back. Now, I'll tell you, I'm going to jump ahead to the end of the episode 
I'm surprised that God went through with it. Yeah. Yeah. And even when we saw it, I thought it was some sort of trick. I thought it was a dream or something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm I'm curious how this whole thing works cuz like God pretty all powerful. Why can't he find Humperdoo on his own? Like what's his power set here? But I also think that like God would give him his looks back because Hoover 2 is dead. So like his whole reason for looks is kind of gone. I, I mean there'll be other uh, Hoovers. To, yeah, Hoover 3 probably. Justin to your yeah. point, I think it's more about paying homage to God than anything else. I think what God wants out of her star is to bring her star to his lowest point so that he is utterly devoted to God when he ultimately is lift up again. Like, that's the thing. Like, he probably knows exactly where Humperdue is, but he wants the humans to take care of it for him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. This God guy is really selfish and lazy, man. Um, Yeah. Uh, So then uh, Jesse's in the barrel of rats and... Uh, who comes to free him from hell but the Saint of Killers? Yes. You didn't Saint mention him in the recap. The Saint of Killers is this immortal killer who was in hell for a little while. Uh, we thought initially he was trying to kill Jesse, but turns out he's actually trying to kill God. So the Saint frees Jesse, takes him back. Uh, the Saint talks to Jesse for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then it turns out he's still in hell. That was... Yeah, that was- that yeah. that was a gut punch. That was like yeah. I, there were several. Tw- I feel like they did such a good job of building so many twists that I didn't see that twist coming. It yeah. was funny because I kind of realized at the same time Jesse did, where he was like, "Wait a second, you don't talk this much." I was like, "Yeah, what is he being so chatty for all of a sudden?" I liked it. I, I thought was- I wish it was real because that story was cool, and I liked that the Santa Killers is like, you know what, we cool. Yeah, you like that story about all those people dying because of a map being red wrong? Maps are tricky. Maps are tricky. Wow. When was that time you looked at a map? When it was like, no, I was the general. Yeah. Last time I looked at a map, a thousand people died. Yeah. Wow. I don't want to get into it too much. Do you think that um, when the Santa Killer said I was the general, he meant the general from the the car insurance commercials? (laughs) Yeah, it it sort of checks out. It's a similar look. Yes, I definitely think that's true. That's absolutely accurate. Uh, So he's still in hell. They're still trying to get him to sit on the throne. And in fact, they pick Jesse up and put him on the throne, at which point God says, I bring you back to life. And Jesse comes back to life. He digs himself out out of of the grave. He's alive again. Before we can find out what's happening to him, classic Tulip bit. Tulip uh, is making burgers for everybody. She makes the burgers with blueberries. I love this because this was like such a... I feel like there was something in season two when they were in New Orleans that I'm not remembering, but there was that whole thing where she cooked in the first season and she put maple syrup on everything and everybody was like, oh, what what is this? What is this horrible taste that's in here? (laughs) So I love that. Uh, and Cassidy's reaction of it's very surprising was yeah. Yeah. perfect. It's very funny. This is such a fun little scene. Yeah. And then again, <laughs> totally gross because Humperdue, Humperdue projectile vomits, then Cassidy projectile vomits. 
Uh, I I love me a good vomit scene, but this was too much again. I don't know what it was about <laughs> this episode. What are you yeah. sensitive all of a sudden? I was very sensitive. No, I. This was, it was just what you want. It was a lot. It was a lot in this episode of like over the top grossness. And then when I got worried about them because you know the bad guys are coming for them, and Cassie slips on the you know tulips puke. I mean, it was just. No. That's fun puke, uh, just like physical comedy. Yeah, no, no. It's a classic uh, Pratt Falls. It's like your Charlie Chaplin slipping on vomit while the religious nope. cult comes in to steal the uh, savior. Yeah. Do you remember the scene in The Kid where Charlie Chaplin, uh, Chaplin uh, shat himself? <laughs> yeah, that was that's a it was funny. I mean, that was one where like the piano playing was like, oh, it's uh, yeah, he shit him. It's like a funny shit yeah, yeah, sound yeah, yeah, yeah. on the yeah, piano. Yeah, it was like, you know, it was it was pretty. It was more of a shart. Oh my god! Yeah, what is yeah. happening? Well, right clearly now? you've been to film school, Alex. <laughs> I have. Your thesis, uh, we, it was a shart, was uh, <laughs> really well well done. Thank you for reading my paper, by the way. I really appreciate that. I've actually dug into a lot of your both of your high school and college records. <laughs> read a lot of your uh, your SAT essays, um, Pete. Your Iowa tests were, I'm honestly subpar. Um, <laughs> really, just great essays. I didn't know. Did oh, you, you expect? Uh, did you read uh, Pete's improv final paper? Uh, <laughs> Del Close and the Rule of Yes. Yeah, it was a it was a great paper. It was very short, uh, <laughs> one word. It's a one word paper. So the Grell does attack. Turns out they're using a sonic nauseator to make everybody vomit. Uh, Humperdue does go to the moon, but Cassidy doesn't want to kill him. Tulip chops him with an axe. Yeah, throws an axe through him. Yeah. But she can't do it either. And they mm-hmm. ultimately take Humperdue back to the Grell. Uh, Jesse, meanwhile, is walking through the desert. He's trying to get back home to his friends. When God pulls up in his RV and he's... Uh, Pete, you're shaking your head. What's going through your head when you're watching this scene? I was like, oh, man, is God going to run him over in the RV? Uh, you know... But I could kind of, you know, seeing him in the robe and the sandals all the time, I think that's why he liked the dog suit so much, because he was always in flowing robes where the dog suit's a little bit more constricting. He wants that tight spandex. I feel yeah. that. I understand mm-hmm. that. Pete, is that like- your professional opinion on that? It's just my opinion. Just an opinion. <laughs> Great. I would like to try one of those uh, suits on. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Maybe for the last episode, we should all wear a spandex dog suit. What do you think? Nope. That's a great idea. Thank no, you. Very and much. then we'll see what happens. So Jesse finally meets God. He finally sees God. God gives a very cheesy, yes, yes, it's really me. And Jesse embraces him. They have a whole yeah. speech. Jesse says, I did it. I saved the world. I never rejected you. And God says, you came... So close. So close. What an asshole. thought about it. And I got to tell you, God is an asshole. That's part one. But part two, he's correct, right? Like, Jesse is doing this not for the right reasons. Like I feel like that's not... This isn't The Bachelor. He's just doing it. 
Yeah, he's yeah. It's not about like you know actions speak louder than words. Like he didn't do it. They tried to force him on the throne. He wouldn't do it. He fought him tooth and nail, and then God was like, "Yeah, but you kind of wanted it." But the, the, that's the thing with like the Christian religion is all about like do all this shit or else. And then at the end, if as long as you're just like I like Jesus, they're like fine. <laughs> right. Well, so they talked like about a, that. They you talked can about that two episodes back, right? Yeah. 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 Um, that's I, why I I'm Jewish. I had the choice right. when I was a baby, and I went with Judaism. Oh, it was like the red pill, blue pill, blue pill scene in Matrix. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. My doctor was Lawrence Fishburne. Very wow. cool. Very yeah. good doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Fishburne, Great. MD. Uh, so Jesse gets pissed that he's going to destroy the girl world. Uh, so God strangles him and bites out his eye. Classic. Oh, classic oh, God man. behavior. Straight gross. out of the Bible. Yeah. So gross. It'd be hard so. to get the eye, though. Like, did he? How did he scoop it out with his tongue? I don't. I don't know. You know yeah, what? I'll tell you. Really mastered that. In junior high, we had a lesson in health class about drugs. And they talked about LSD. And when they were talking about LSD, they told this story about a girl who was exactly our age who did mm-hmm. LSD and uh, hallucinated these spiders and was so freaked out by these spiders crawling all over her. She's, the way they described it, I remember it so clearly, is hooked her fingers in the corners of her eyes and popped them out and then went to an insane asylum for the rest of her life and still saw those spiders because they were in her mind, not her eyes. And the point of it was like, don't do LSD. It's a bad drug, et cetera, et cetera. But the main takeaway I took from that is, oh, my God, it is so easy to pop your eyes out. So to yeah. this day, still, when I'm like rubbing my eyes, I think about that because I'm like, if I push too hard, my eyes are coming out. That's just how it works. Uh, wow. So that's a constant thought. Constant. Do, you ever go visit, do you ever go visit the girl in the insane asylum? Uh, we yeah. got married. Okay. You, married you married her? We had three kids until I gave away the third one. Wow. Oh, Does she ever, do you ever see the spiders? Um, I tell her I do because I love oh, her. That is sweet. <laughs> oh, that's one of the little things you do for love is lie yeah. about a spider hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a fun line where God was like, you know, hey, a little thanks would be nice. And Jesse was like, thanks for what? Kids with cancer? The Kardashians? Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. I, I got to tell you, I thought that joke was a little easy. That, I agree. That, you agree? Yeah, Kardashians, easy to make fun of. Get a little more specific with something. Yeah. We've all seen that joke. Like, what about the Koch brothers? What about, um, uh, I don't know, uh, So You Think You Can Dance? Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was randomly kind of funny. That, like, you're talking to God and that's the diss you're going with. Yeah. Yeah, well, agree to disagree, Pete. Uh, so Fine. God sends Jesse back to his friends. Meanwhile, Hairstar, as we mentioned earlier, gets his looks back for bringing in Humperdue. And he, again, a very funny exchange, but he's addressing all of the grail. And he says, ladies and gentlemen, the apocalypse has, and somebody yells out, an air date. And he says, yes, uh, the apocalypse has an air date. 
that that to me, opposite of the Kardashians, was just such a very specific funny TV joke. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. It was a weird thing to to have it be shouted from the back too. It was it was really funny. Yeah. Uh, so then. We get back to Pete's favorite scene of the season. I know this. It was the opening scene of episode one. Cassidy enters and kisses Tulip, and they kiss each other. Yes. Well, it seemed like Tulip kissed him. Right. Tulip kissed him. He also kissed her. It takes yeah. four lips to tango, is what I always say. That's true. Yep. You can't tango with two lips. With I. Tulip. Cannot believe that Jesse did not walk in as this was happening. Yeah. I was shocked. Well, yeah. but, I mean, they kissed, and then there's a little time dash, because then they had sex, and then right. they wake up. Mm-hmm. Do you know that they had sex because all of their clothes were on? Well, yeah, but it, they were kind of like in the happy pajamas the next day. That's yeah. what they call them, the happy pajamas. Maybe, yeah. maybe they just got to second base or something or did some light rubbing. Yeah, I guess okay. that's true. They could have just uh, topped out at light rubbing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you, actually, was... Alex, I have a couple questions. What do you mean by yes. light? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just saying maybe they got to like, what is it called? Dirty third? Oh, my God. Uh, what, what are you happening? even talking about? And Alex, <laughs> yeah, let me just say, let me speak for the listener and I say, grow up. <laughs> Listen, man, when you're married to a lady in an insane asylum who sees spiders all the time, you take what you can get. And what I can get is dirty third. (laughs) Oh, my God. Still, hey, your foreplay is talking about the bases you want to get to? Yeah. She's a big uh, baseball fan. Baseball fan. Yeah, you had to pause and think what baseball was. (laughs) That was amazing. That was amazing. Perhaps you know my wife, Mrs. Bet. Oh, Oh, wow. That explains so much. Right. That's why she has to wear the baseball hat is because she has no eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, So, yeah, they kiss. uh, And then we get a little bit of a side note. We also didn't mention Eugene, a.k.a. R-Space, who comes from the same hometown as Jesse. He has been sentenced to prison for trying to kill Jesse, or at least he claimed he killed Jesse. Uh, Turns Mm -hmm. out he didn't quite do that. Uh, But then we get a setup of a plot line that we didn't think was going to happen because we didn't think there was enough time. Uh, A man gets stabbed. Eugene walks up to him and says, hey, why were you guys being so mean? And picks up his guitar and looks at it thoughtfully. Uh, I cannot believe they're actually going with this when there's like three episodes left. Pete? There's like two episodes left. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was so excited when he picked up the guitar. Um so excited, but it was such a crazy moment where this guy is playing an unbelievably talented solo on the guitar and then just gets shivs, shivved, and then Arseface walks over and like kind of pokes him like, hey, hey, are you all right? Yeah, that oh, was man. a fun moment. I don't know what plotline you're talking about because I haven't read the comics, but it sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is fun. It's just something that happens, I think. 15 to 20 issues before the end versus right as we're finishing up here, but that's Uh, fine. Uh, And then our last scene is there's a knock at the door of Cassidy and Tulip's hotel room and Jesse enters, hugs Tulip. She hugs him back. And in the background, the last line of the episode is Cassidy going. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought that was great. 
I, yeah, I Cassie kind of just like kind of sh- shrinks down, knowing that now that Jesse's back, like he's second fiddle. He's no longer. You know, or is tough. he? Or is that's he? Tough. You don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. It seems like he's on the outs again. Let's well, see maybe what they're happens. off again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jesse was dead in Tulip's defense. Yeah, that's a breakup. That is. If you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Preacher. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Also at Men Preacher for preacher specific content. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you next week on Preacher Men. Preacher Men.